The following programming may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Listen Up Talk Radio or Voices Radio. Todd Miller from Listen Up Talk Radio and CKAV. Today I'm in conversation with Alex Hawley, the director of a remarkable animated short film called Norma's Story. This film tells the true story of Norma, who has experienced dramatic changes in her way of life over just a few decades due to the impact of climate change on the wildlife that sustains her, Gwich'in, First Nation, and other northern communities. Norma's Story is part of the 2016 TIFF Kids International Film Fest, running from April 8th to the 24th. Nice to speak with you, Alex. Nice to speak with you, Todd. How did you discover Norma's story? And then how did that go from being, wow, that's a really powerful story to, I need to make a film about this? Well, Norma, Norma had already been uh, putting her story out there. Um, she's quite active with, uh, with her community and, uh, and bringing that message across. And uh, uh, she had been doing a lecture uh, presentation for, uh, for some time, uh, essentially the story that you see in the film. And uh, my sister, who's, a, uh, who's an activist and uh, uh, a research scientist, uh, uh, saw it and uh, really liked it and thought that uh, uh, perhaps uh, we could do we could do like a, an interesting animated treatment of it. Um, so that has that has some uh, uh, viability as as uh, as a way of showing things to children. Um, younger people are more attracted maybe to the medium of, of animation, and uh, and we thought that, that it essentially had a positive message to it. That uh, that would be something for people to uh, to learn and learn about the essential problem of climate change and uh, and uh, not feel like they uh, they were helpless hmm. and to to realize that uh, that uh, this was. This was a problem that was taking place now, affecting people now in our own country of Canada, and uh, and uh, it wasn't something that was uh, uh, going to happen in some distant future. So, so you said that it was targeted at children. Yes. Does it translate? And I've watched it, so I know it translates to me. But was it your intention to have it translate to other demographics? I guess I guess the hope was that uh, a family could sit down and watch it. That probably probably the age of Norma, as she's represented in the animation, I guess somewhere around age eight, mm-hmm. um, would be someone seven eight would be someone that would be able to absorb the information and uh, and sort of realize uh, uh, the problem, um, realize some of the potential solutions, and uh, uh, but also also an adult. Uh, watching it with the child would be able to uh, maybe pick up some new information as well. Right. And I found Norma in the story was not talking down to children. She was relating information at that age to kids around the same age. So yeah. it was, it was yeah. on par. There was almost like a peer relationship. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's very much uh, like Norma's an excellent speaker and, uh, you know, she relates her information, uh, you know, very well. And uh, um, it was just, it was just really a matter for us to, to uh, come up with uh, the supporting visuals uh, uh, to, uh, you know, make a, make a visual bridge to the, uh, the narrative information. And uh, yeah. Why animation? Was it your medium of choice or was it something just for the age that you were going for? Because you could have made a traditional film with someone that age and. 
Yeah, I'm trying to stop myself from saying that that old phrase of uh, when all you've got in your toolbox is a hammer, um, everything looks like a nail. Right. Uh, well, I'm from animation, so um, and I, I think uh, I think I just see see things in uh, in the animated world, and I I say, oh, okay, that's a good, you know, that's something really reminds me of this visual, like an enormous story. Instead of going up the mountain, she goes up. Uh, uh, the sparkling bead pattern that that suddenly, you know, manifests itself across the screen, rather than you know taking a, a film crew and or maybe finding source footage of of uh, caribou of caribou and and that sort of thing. It's um, I guess I guess you know like I said before, it's it's something that that is going to be be appealing to children. Um, I have I have a couple of kids, and I find that they always you know are, are attracted like magnets you know, to anything animated. So that's a good way to bring information to people, you know, initially draw them in with with visuals that are exciting and appealing. Right. And, uh, and then, and then uh, you know, you'd be surprised at what, uh, at what they absorb. You know, I wouldn't have made the effort of, of uh, taking Norma's great story and putting it into, uh, you know, a children's format. Right. Um, I don't want to give children negative news and news that's hopeless. Um, you know, I believe that they're going to be dealing with a lot of this stuff. They're going to be the ones that have to deal with, you know, these things that, uh, you know, that our generation and the generation before, it's been going on for a long time, right? So, Absolutely. so is, uh, you know, the moment we started, uh, you know, started hauling coal, uh, coal out of the ground, uh, that's when climate change started, right? Yeah. As soon as fossil fuels started getting used, all that. You know everything's basically in balance up to that point, and once you introduce these these old fuels, these old uh, collections of solar, essentially solar power, and you're re-releasing them, then that's when you get uh, you get problems for the status quo of our environment the way it is now, the way we like it. Well, the other reason I ask is because it seems to me that animation is um, is an ideal medium to talk about or to bring awareness to a very uh, difficult subject. I yeah. find that um, when you get into traditional film or TV, it can be a bit preachy versus just being informative and, and educational. Yeah, um, it might have happened if Norma hadn't been such uh, an excellent storyteller. Yes. Um, so her narrative, I mean, is the is the framework for the whole thing, and I think she's very she's very casual and conversational, and and I think that that eliminates most of what you're talking about is right. is uh, you know the the narrative of the thing. And then uh, my job was relatively easy. Come in and you know. Basically, uh, do a do a bridge uh, to the audience, um, so it's not just so it's not a radio show, it's not a podcast, it's a visual thing where where you're watching watching it, and uh, you know you need to have. Something that's not like a see and say kind of thing, where you're having exactly what the narrative is describing, but you want a twist on it. You want a you want a little bit of a, um, you know, Norma talking about. Uh, 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 just uh, the spider uh, part where the spider is being where she's made the mistake of, of killing a spider in the right. tent and the results of that is some is also enhanced by these other visuals of, of sort of like a spirit wolf and a spider at the front of it and then some of the results after that with the caribou um, 
Yeah, I, I was uh, going to touch on that a little later about how her grandfather talks to her about that and, right. and where there's those incredible impacts from small decisions. You know, it can impact things all down the, down the line from just killing that one spider. Mm -hmm. The story primarily deals with climate change, but, you know, watching it, and, and you've touched on it even in your intro, is that it impacts their lifestyle far more greatly than it would impact any of us that live in an urban environment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the food migrating, so the caribou moving to different areas. Uh, the, was it Zelda Lake that actually was drained and, and there would be, a, you know, no fishing in there? For us, I mean, it's just a five-minute trip, air-conditioned trip at that, to the grocery store to get something. And it has a profound effect. And I was, mm -hmm. well, you said it, you don't want to... Um, you know, make it doom and gloom, I found it a little sad when, when things like that were happening. Mm -hmm. And these are real people that are being affected by this. Mm -hmm. How did that impact you as a person when you're listening to Norma's story? Well, I think, I think uh, probably what I would like people to think about when they're seeing that is, uh, is, is that uh, we will be experiencing similar sort of things. I mean, you're talking about the grocery store. Well, the grocery store is, is, is uh, our grocery store is stocked by uh, uh, ships that come in and, and planes and uh, trains and, you know, all the other sorts of transportation that run, run off of fossil fuels. And, and uh, you know, it's going to be harder and harder to sort of get your, your fruits from New Zealand. Um, we expect a lot of things in our society in Toronto um, to be there on a daily basis. And a lot of them are pretty far flung, you know, uh, there are things that, that have to be made in other, other parts of the world, and they're going to get costlier and costlier to to send to us. Right. And uh, you know, part of that is part of that is a, is a climate change thing. There's a very poignant moment in the in the film where uh, where the grandfather shares his tea with the land and and blesses the land. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just struck by the respect that the First Nations people have and that they show towards the wildlife. Not, not the wildlife that they just um, eat, but the ones that they interact with. Like when they were watching the caribou going to the, to the mating grounds, they were just in awe almost by th that. And it reminded me in a small way of the circle of life and the Lion King where everything has its purpose. And if something doesn't fulfill its purpose, then it's really not part of the circle of life. But I, I was just struck by that, how, how, how much reverence they have for everything around them. Yeah, well, it's a powerful image, and uh, uh, we we almost called the uh, we almost called the film "Tread Lightly." Uh, Norma had suggested that afterwards. Um, you know, just for that scene of, of you know, watching what you're yeah. doing, right? Stepping around you the nests. Stepping around the nests uh, because that's going to affect just that particularly that one species or the several species of birds that migrate there and have to, you know, lay eggs at a certain specific time, which is dependent on, you know, the climate being a certain way. Um, but yeah, you have to be careful what you're doing. You have to, you have to, I guess, just think about we're not used to it, but just think about what you're doing. <laughs> uh, you know, everything, you know, from when you wake up to when you go to bed, uh, 
you know, what what you're doing, um, like how you're brushing your teeth, how you're getting to work, how what you're what home. you're doing for work, um, you know, what you're doing in the evening for entertainment, uh, what you bought in that grocery bag. Um, it doesn't make as much difference to you know to us right now, but it's going to more in the future. Well, as you were saying, as we were chatting before we we started the interview, what we're doing right now, we are sort of experiencing what our elders did to us in very many ways and we're passing that unfortunately on to our children where how we impact the environment is impacting their enjoyment and their ability to sustain life. Well I guess it's a problem. It is a problem and so. I think this this film is, is very powerful and I got more out of it than just it's a it's a great way to inform kids but it really is a, a nice gentle way to remind people of my age to as, as, the, as uh, Norma says in there, live the laws of nature, respect nature, and really embrace it. And, and like you said, what are you bringing home from the grocery store? Where are you driving your car to? Those sort of small changes that we can make. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm no saint. I make, I make tons of mistakes. I do things that I shouldn't do. But I mean, just, just try and, you know, think about what you're doing. Try and right. think about how you're proceeding through, you know, through the day. Right. Um, there's two things that I picked up also in the movie, um, but the part about the average temperature in First Nations community going, you know, twice. Well, that's Arctic, yeah, twice as much, and so there's all sorts of things with that, with um, you know the permafrost melting, and there's a lot of there's a lot of vegetation in the perma permafrost, so that's going to be methane release, which they're starting to see. They're really, I. You know, I'm not a scientist, but but uh, but they're starting to research uh, more and more the impact of that and how quickly it's going to be released. Um, but uh, methane is is a more powerful gas than CO2 for for triggering heat changes. But they're at double apparently. And there's something decidedly and innately wrong with something that has permanence as part of its name not being so yeah. permanent, but permafrost. Yeah. Permafrost. permafrost, they should change respect. that, yeah. Semifrost. Semifrost, Sem maybe frost. frost, yeah, I don't know, yeah, that's terrible. It's, it's just, uh, it's well, I mean, as you can see, people, I mean, people build structures on there. Uh, ironically enough, uh, oil companies build roads on it to truck the oil in and out. Um, I guess that's why the pipelines get built. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not good. So Norma says that the First Nations people, and I touched on this earlier, follow the laws of nature. Yeah. And I was thinking that perhaps, and then I thought, no, not perhaps. Decidedly, we should all live by those laws of nature mm -hmm. to really embrace the environment and become more aware of how we're impacting it. It's, it's a dangerous thing, though, to be known as a quote-unquote activist these days because you look like you're against the establishment when really what you're doing is standing up and taking a stand and saying, here's what I believe in and here's what I think is best. Well, I guess it's what you think an activist is. Yeah. Um, I mean, other people call it good stewardship has come up as a, as a term. Um, just, you know, I think even, you know, people that, that are more conservative in their beliefs uh, might, might just look at it as, 
sustainability, just things, trying to keep things uh, more the way they are by being practical about uh, your expenditures and being conscious about, uh, you know, how you're using your resources, uh, not being wasteful. Exactly. Um, you know, I think these are all, these are all like values people essentially can get behind regardless of their, you know, political stripe or their, or their, uh, or their beliefs. I mean, yeah, I think those are basic, basic human tenets. So, and hopefully more people adopt them again. Yeah. If uh, people would like more information about the film or you, where can they find it? Well, I have Twitter, uh, Twitter and Facebook. So Excellent. I don't know if you, you might want to Excellent. pass those on, but we're on those. And uh, uh, we'll be in Spain, actually, next month for uh, a film festival there, Ecozine in uh, Zaragoza. Great. Yeah. Excellent. Um, you've got an animated series in development. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, um, I think uh, that, well, that's specifically enormous stories hope to be the first of that. So we would like to do more stories of just other people with uh, uh, firsthand narrations of, of uh, what, what, they, uh, what they are going through uh, in terms of, of uh, climate change. So real impact in real communities. Yeah. What's, so your, what's your area that you're looking at in terms of uh, geographic? Oh, geography? the world. Uh, it, really? doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. So so anywhere I mean it's happening worldwide so uh, every story is relevant incredible nice to know Canadians behind it what's next for Alex Hawley after the uh, Spain Film Fest um, just working ahead on what we what we were just talking about um, I also work in town on uh, regular animated episodes for for television and uh, uh, I'm developing uh, developing another project uh, called uh, Shelley Hellstrom great yeah for scheduling information of all the wonderful films that are part of the 2016 TIFF Kids International Film Fest, head over to TIFF.net or call them at 416-599-TIFF, 416-599-8433. Alex Ollie, thank you for joining me today and spending a few minutes to share Norma's story. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. To connect up with Alex on Facebook, just go to Facebook.com and in the search bar, type in firsthand climate stories, colon Norma's story. On Twitter, it's FH Climate Change. I'm Todd Miller for Listen Up Talk Radio and CKAV Voices Radio.